Welcome to Faith on Fire, the broadcast that encourages believers to ignite the power of faith in their lives. Join us now as Pastor Vince Haney and Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. bring the Word of God to fuel your faith. Welcome to another edition of Faith on Fire. I am Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. from the Community Church of God. And I am Pastor Vince Haney from Rama Word of Faith, the Word Church. Again, we've been speaking on the subject of mind renewal and how once a person gets born again saved, you have to follow it up with mind renewal. You got to start having the Maturity. mind of Christ. Maturity, that's what it's all about. And we know Paul said, also I believe that's in James, he said, by this time you are in Hebrews, by this time, you ought to be teachers, yet you need someone else to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God. And you have come to need milk and not solid food. Well, solid food belongs to those who are mature, but milk belongs to babies. So he's saying, you guys, you guys have been following Christ and the teachings of Jesus for umpteen years now. And, and again, who's bewitched you? <laughs> You know, you need somebody to teach you again. And we all, at some point in our Christian life, we need someone to teach us again. Because faith still comes by hearing. And, and not just, a lot of people think that's just audibly hearing. No, you it's receiving. Jesus, The scripture says, receive with meekness the engrafted word that's able to save your soul. Once you get it out of the word of God, which I, the Bible refers to the word of God as the word of truth. You got to go ahead and receive it and don't get offended by it. It's, oh, no, that don't make sense. No, nothing did God does really make sense. It all makes faith. He's a faith God. We talk about it on this broadcast all the time. From the birth of Jesus to all the things he did to the children of Israel being led out of the Egypt into the to the Red Sea, into the wilderness and all of that. It's all supernatural. Everything God does. So he's going to that's why Paul said my speech and my preaching were not with enticing words of human wisdom. I'm going to be talking to you about some stuff on a whole other level. And all you got to do is come on up with me and, and just receive it. Because he, the word says this in Isaiah. He said, my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are my ways your ways, says the Lord. So as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways and my thoughts higher than yours. So God says, come on up and think like this. Think supernaturally. Think all things are possible. Because that's how God thinks. And again, here's a scripture I want to reference real quick. It's Paul speaking to the, in the book of Romans 10, verse 1. He says, brethren, that lets me know he's talking to believers because he addressed them as brethren. My heart's desire and prayer for God, for Israel. And, and I just say, the scripture says Israel, but I know he's referring to God's people because he's talking to us today in the word. So my heart's desire and prayer for 
for God's people is that they may be saved. For God desires all men to be saved. Verse 2, for I bear them witness that they have a zeal for God. Uh oh, that's what we were talking about early. Yeah, they have a zeal for God. But look what he says, but not according to knowledge. <laughs> they have a zeal for God, and we have a lot of Christians out here. Yes, they have a zeal for God, they love God. We're not saying nobody don't love God. But Jesus said something about, if you love me, keep my commandments, or keep my word, because that's his word. So anyway, he said they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. Verse 3, but they being ignorant of God's righteousness and seeking to establish their own righteousness have not submitted to the righteousness of God. And again, submitted means to come up under the authority. If God said it, that sells it. I'm going to cast down my thought and, and what I believe now because God is the author and the finisher of our faith. So I'm going to submit to what he says. And again, he tells us a lot of things as being this new creation, being transformed by the renewing of our mind. And we always go back to the simple one, you know, bless those that curse you. Pray for those who spitefully use you. Don't return evil for evil. Well, you know, you talk about those being the easy ones. Just imagine how much the world would be changed if people just did those three things. Right, those didn't trade easy evil. Ones. Right. Well, the you world can, would just be turned upside down. Well, those are really easy because you could forgive anyone. And I was listening to a message this morning from a pastor. I forgot who he is. He, he teaches him and his wife have a, a marriage ministry. Uh, marriage to ministry. And I was listening to him this morning. He was like, you know, the things God or Jesus or the word of God instructs us to do are really easy. He said, because God wouldn't tell you to do something you couldn't do. <laughs> so you can do them. It's just, do you will to do them? Because it's your will. Remember, Jesus didn't want to go to the cross. His flesh didn't. That part of him didn't want to go. But he said, nevertheless, not my will, but your will. And he went on and did it. Scripture said he was obedient to death, even to the cross. So we can do it. It's just, do you choose to? Well, you know, earlier you re referenced the scripture that talked about ready for solid food that you need to take milk again i always say that human beings are leaky vessels we forget stuff we forget all kinds of things you forget you're supposed to go somewhere and get something for your wife you forget you're supposed to pick something up you i mean we forget all kinds of things so that's how, how we are this is why it's so important for us to be constantly in the word because it's too easy to forget I know people, I've done it, you've done it, probably everybody has. We just forget things. And so as we are constantly in the word, it's constantly being brought back to us so that we're not forgetting it. And that we, it's, I, I've talked to people and they'll say, well, I read the Bible once. And I'm like, wow, because I know you can't remember it all. You have to constantly be in it. So a believer who thinks, well, I, w I was in church yesterday or the day before, whenever it was, and, and the pastor, he read about 10 verses, and that was enough. No, it's not. you got to be constantly in the Word on your own, or else you will just forget. I read somewhere that on a Sunday morning, a pastor preaches a sermon, that by Wednesday, people forget 75% of what was said. because say that that's, in academics, too. Right, in anything. Mm -hmm. we, we are leaky enough that we forget about 75% of what we hear within 72 hours. Well, And yet we think that, well, I heard that once hmm. in the Bible or read it once and I'll never forget. No, we got to constantly be in the word. And again, I'm going to say thank you, Holy Spirit. He just dropped this on me. He says, because Jesus said, man should not live by bread alone, which Jesus was quoting out of, I believe, Deuteronomy. 
He said, it is written, man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of the Father. And if you think, just, just take the bread part. Bread represents natural food. And we know we are not going to eat one meal a week, one meal a month, one meal our whole life, because we're going to get empty. But you and, don't we, and we desire to get back filled up. So you don't go to, to the restaurant on Sunday after church is over, load up, and wait for next week. No, no, no. Again, man should not live by bread alone. We know in the natural we're going to keep feeding this body all throughout the week till it's full. <laughs> Some of us till we're over full. Yeah, yeah. But then he says, now, that same principle, use that with the word of God. Again, I like to refer to the word of God as soul food. It's good for your soul. He said, feed on this too. Feed on this every day. Again, I'm at the point we were talking yesterday about pressing into her and desiring him. And the scripture says, those who hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be filled. Yeah, they'll find it. All in the scripture, he's talking about being filled, being filled. God desires us to be filled with him because in him is the fullness of joy. Fullness of gladness. It's all in him. So he said, you just eat of me every day. Feed on me every day. Feed on me every day. And you're going to be satisfied. Oh, taste and good. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. And that's what God wants us to do because here's the deal. That's the only way we're going to have true success. He told Joshua before they were going over to Jericho. He said, okay, Joshua, quick instruction real quick. If you want to, I'm just going to. Just going to guarantee your success. This book of the law, referring to his word, he said, don't let that depart from you. But you shall meditate or feed on it daily and nightly and observe to do all that's written in it. I mean, just don't hear it, but observe to do it now. Demonstrate it. And then you will make your way prosperous, Joshua. And then you'll have good success. But it was contingent upon us doing that first part, meditating and feeding on his word constantly god's not opposed to you like we said yesterday he's not opposed to you stalking him <laughs> pursuing him that's and that's all he says just feed on me commune with me and here's the, the powerful thing about the word of god hebrews 4 12 said for the word of god is living and it's powerful ain't nothing we know in the, in the natural we always say you got to eat some live foods you eating all that dead food it ain't no good for you we refer to live foods foods as fruits and vegetables and those are live in the natural, but he said his word is living and it's powerful. So that's the live food that's good for our souls, for our spirit. Our spirit, really our spirit longs to have fellowship and communion with God. And as we partake of his word, oh, our spirit loves it. Oh, and the more you, you partake of it, your spirit just want more. I can't go a day, Richard, without being exposed or connected to the word of God or hearing the word of God, listening to it, watching it, reading it. Or, or just meditating on it. The devil can't stop me from meditating on the word of God because those are my thoughts. And that's the seeds of, which refers to his word sown in my heart. And a person can do that at work. They can do you that can do it anytime. Car, they can do it anywhere. School, well, that's the beauty of the word of God. And it's still living and it's still powerful. And the Bible says in Thessalonians, the word that you heard works mightily in those who believe. God's word is always working because God in his word is like wet and water. I'm drinking some water right now. I can't even separate the wet from it. It comes with the water. So if I get the word, I got God. I get God, I get his word. And he says, feed on it. Drink it. He said, you'll be thirsty. Remember Jesus with the woman at the well? She's going to get some water. 
He said, I, got, I know some water. If you drink this, you'll never thirst again. He's like, Really? Give me some of that. Me some of that. I'm tired of coming out. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm tired of heaving up and down this hill with this water on my head. He said, Yeah. And he laced her up with some revelation. He told her what that water was and made an evangelist out of her because she went back to the town. Told everybody. Told everybody about the man that had the, the living water. He knew everything about me. Everything. And that's what the word Jesus is in Re Revelations is referred to as the word of God. He's the living word of God. In the beginning was the word. So we need to stay attached to the word. And that's all we're doing on this broadcast is igniting your faith on fire by saying, feed on the word of God. That's how you're going to have the victory. And again, I see people out here on Facebook, man, they, they put their faith in everything but in God's word. They got it in the politicians. And basically, they don't even know. And like the scripture says, they're being ignorant of God's way of doing things. And they went after the world way of doing things because the world, the devil's promoting his system. He's promoted on social media television that's why god wants us to take over or infiltrate all of those spheres with the kingdom that's what it means about advancing the kingdom go and preach the gospel to all the world he said fill it with this the good news because the world is filling it with what bad news <laughs> constantly and we're supposed to go in there we're supposed to go in those systems and and bring them in submission to the kingdom of god the other day in the store i saw this book at um living in a complaint-free world and it was about how you can stop complaining about things. Mm -hmm. and, and it is kind of amazing how if it's really hot, we complain about it, it's really hot. If it's cold, we complain about it, it's really cold. And if, the news media is reinforcing but it I mean, whatever, they're going to show it to you. Whatever is going on that we don't really particularly like, then we complain about it. You know, the line's too long at the grocery store. The line's too long at the post office. The line's moving too slow over here. And so we... It's our human nature to want to complain about those things. We it's know that with the of, children of Israel. It's just built into our human nature to want to complain. Well, the fallen nature. And, and this book was talking about how you can change and not be a complainer. And, you know, I think it was last week when we were reading Philippians chapter 4, verse 8, when he's talking about whatever is good, whatever is pure, whatever is true, whatever is noble, think on these things. And we said God is the original positive thinker. He mm -hmm. wants us to think on those things. Don't be complaining about it's really hot when you're sitting in your air-conditioned car. Don't be complaining that it's really hot, out hot there. when you're sitting in your air-conditioned house or air-conditioned work. And yet, what do we do? We complain about so so often, but no Richard, matter what it is, that we're complaining. Whether Richard, it's hot, cold, winter, summer, whatever. But we woke up in the morning saying, this is the day that the Lord has made. And that's what we got And do. I should that's rejoice and be glad in it. mind renewed. We forget. We leave. We go into things with our own expectations. Do you realize that you can only think it's a bad day because you expected something other than what happened to happen? So something happened that you either didn't expect or it happened in a way that you didn't expect it to happen. So now you are having a bad day. When everything goes the way you expected or they go better than you expected, then you're having a good day. But what it's our expectations that we put out there rather than whatever's good, whatever's pure, whatever's true, whatever's noble, whatever is excellent or praiseworthy, think on those things. We start to think about the way we want everything to always be. And then if it's not, Woe is me. Why did this happen to me? Oh, it's a terrible day. It's a bad day. We need to look to the good that God is doing in everything. Well, and like you said, that, that's kind of built into uh, that fallen man, that 
yeah, sin nature. Because I'm reminded Boom. as you were speaking, I was reminded of the children of Israel. You know, God led them out of bondage, 400 years of slavery, and He led them into an impossible, what would, would seem to them an impossible situation, right to the Red Sea. We know all the way coming out, they complained. Pharaoh's right on our back. You get up to the Red Sea, they complained about that. Man, God didn't let us out here. He miraculously parts the sea, gets them on, on the other side safe, drowns Pharaoh's whole army and messed them up. Then he gets them in the wilderness. He gets them in the wilderness for several purposes. One of them was to transform them by the renewing of their mind. To get Egypt out of them. They got delivered from Egypt, but Egypt was still in them. And even, and we understand Egypt was still in them because they were still complaining. Well, they they complained. still kept talking about going back. Right. Because And God would say, no, I'm, I'm taking you somewhere into the fullness, into the promised land, the land that flows with milk and honey. But still, Egypt, it took a while, and some of them didn't make it because they wanted Egypt to stay in them. And we know that because they built some golden calves. Where did they see that calves at? back in Egypt. So God brought them there to root all that out of them. But another thing that shows us... I love Aaron's when that happens too. Aaron says uh, we just threw the gold in the fire and I'll pop this cap. We right. don't even know where it came from. <laughs> but, but still, all the time they were in the wilderness, and again, that was a 40-day journey turned into 40 years. But God kept on revealing to them you're a stiff-necked people. You're always complaining. You're complaining about everything. You're not even gracious or have enough confidence to see that I'm your provider, I'm your source. And that's what he was telling them all the time. There's no more Pharaoh. He's not taking care of you. You're in the wilderness. There's no Walmarts, Kmarts, Costco's, nothing out here. No Burger Kings, no men's store. <laughs> There's no, nothing. I'm your source. And he took care of them. And all the time he was taking care of them, they were still grumbling and complaining. Just like you were just referencing earlier. You're driving around in an air-conditioning car, and you're still complaining about how hot it is outside. You know, be grateful that God, especially as a Christian. Now, I can say, you know, non-believers that God ain't their source. Yeah, but once we come into a revelation and we look back on how God took care of us out of all those situations, those adversities we went through in life. There's a song we sing in the African-American church. about I know he didn't bring me this, this far to leave me. <laughs> He brought me this far. He didn't bring me this far to leave me. And he tells us in Romans 8, nothing can separate us from his love. No, no trials, no tribulations, no persecution, no hype, nothing. And we need to understand that, and we need to grow in that truth because that is the truth. And Jesus said, you shall know the truth, and the truth will set you free. The truth is what God said. If he says, I got you, if he says, I want you to think like this and think on these things, well, the least we could do is say yes and amen. And, and, and even though we don't understand it, if the word says it, yes and amen. And that's what God wants us. Now we're walking by faith. Now we're, we're having the mind of Christ. No, I don't understand this all, but Lord, give me understanding. And here's the thing about God. He'll, he'll give you what's referred to as the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him. Basically, understanding. He'll give you that. All you got to do is ask. All you got to do is meditate on his word. Because this living in is powerful, and it's going to speak to you. That's the purpose of the Holy Spirit, which is a whole nother subject. The Holy Spirit is your teacher, your tutorer. Yes, God's going to use anointed men and women of God as your leadership, but the Holy Spirit is the real teacher, and guess what? He dwells inside of us. Right, and he gives wisdom to all who seek it. And he bears witness to the truth, which is the Word of God. He's not going to lie to you. So 
that's where God wants us. That's how we're going to impact our communities, our, our state, our our nation as a whole. Us, we understand. We know that we talk about it all the time. The world is waiting on the manifestations of the mature sons of God. It's waiting on us. Romans, Jesus said, "The whole when, world's groaning." And right when Jesus said it was finished, it was finished. Now He said, "Now, now you guys are the. I'm the head. You guys are my body. Go out and, and finish the works." Just finish the works. You just do reaping the, the harvest. I've done my part. All you got to do is basically lead them to me. And as you're being transformed by the new in your mind, that's what it means also. A lot of us don't realize that's what it means when he says baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. A lot of us reference that as water baptism. I believe that's part of it. But the other baptism, because the baptism means a, an exchange, something happened. Baptizing them, teaching them about the king and the kingdom. That's a baptism too. That's a transformation. He says, teach the world. So that's what we're supposed to do as we're going around. We're just getting people saved and then run them over with a car and let them go to heaven. No, we are teaching them about the king and the kingdom. Because if that was just the end goal to get go to heaven, okay, I'm going to get saved. Richard, kill me now. I'm out of here. <laughs> well, see, that's the thing is, is God doesn't take us home the day we got saved. No, he could have taken us home. All right, you're saved now. You're coming. You're gonna go to heaven. I might as well take you now. Right. He doesn't do that. He leaves us here to finish the work. To finish the work. Right. And that's what he wants. I used the example the other day when you had little kids and you're sweeping out the garage, you're sweeping out the house, or you're doing dishes or whatever, and they want to help. You know that whatever, if you let them help, it's going to take you longer than if they didn't help. Don't I know because it? their help isn't going to be necessarily help. But because you know they need to learn how to do it. Right. You have you patience. Let them help. You don't need them to help. You let them help. Well, I think that's how God is with us a lot. He doesn't really need us to do things. He lets us help him. Even though he could probably do it faster on his own. He lets us help him because he knows we need to learn it. Well, that, maybe that's why Jesus said, I'm going to do the hard part when he said, and get crucified. And when he said, it is finished. Then I'm going to go back and I want y'all to now co-labor with me. I did the hard part because if, if he told us all go to the cross and get crucified or go sit in the lecture chair for him, you know, that'll be the hard part. But he tells us metaphorically, you know, crucify yourself. Well, in the story of Lazarus, he stands outside the tomb and he says, Lazarus, come out. The stone was rolled away and Lazarus comes out. None of the people there could do what Jesus did, but Jesus calls him out. He comes out and then Jesus says to them, now take off his grave clothes. Jesus could call him back to life, roll the stone away and have him come out. I think he could have taken the grave clothes <laughs> off too. Yeah. The grave clothes was the easy part right. of that thing. So, our so job he is has them help. He knows they need to play a part. They need to do what they can do. And so he calls them to do that part that they can do. He didn't need them to take those grave clothes off because he could have done that on his own. Well, and, but and he lets them help in the work. And, and, and again, as you were just saying that, just so many scripture confirmations were going off. God, he 
reference that as us co-laboring with him. And he tells us also, I was just thinking about, uh, he says, uh, our suffering at this present time in Romans are not to be compared to the glories which shall be right, revealed in us. compared to that. Right, and then some of the old saints, and, and I say that now, that I consider it worthy to be crucified with Christ Jesus, to partake. Be partake of his sufferings because we're going to be we're partakers with him. He says we're like sheep to the slaughter, but we got to remember we got the victory, and he's allowing us to co-labor with him. And as we co-labor with him, yes, we're gonna come upon some adversities, and but we're overcomers. We're gonna overcome these adversities. We're not to run from them. We're to just run right over them, you know, running with endurance the race that's set before us, still looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. So he allows us to to co-labor with him and to, to suffer and go through things because he's still working with us because he told us greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. Yes, you're still going to have to, because yes, Satan still has some demons out here that's working for him. But again, I already took the keys back. You guys got the victory. So you're still co-laboring with me to, to reap in the end time harvest. And uh, to take dominion everywhere you go. Yeah, we've already won. Yeah, we've already run. It's almost like they're just running the clock out. Right. I mean, we've, we've won. But we still got the game going, just running the clock out. Right. We've won. Right. I, I told people somebody the other day, I read the end of the book. We right. won. And that's what you got to always remember. And you got to remind Satan of that. We've already won. When Jesus declared it is finished, that means, Father, I've done what you told me to do. I, I redeemed and reconciled mankind back to you. And all, they just have to receive me now and start being transformed by the renewing of their mind and walk in victory. Yeah, he's not to waiting to defeat sin and death. He's already defeated it's a sin done. and death. And, and sin and death can be represented as any negative adversity that we may have to endure. Because the Bible says those who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will endure persecution. Well, see, sin and death, are in a, in, they're linked. Mm-hmm. Sin brought death. There was no death till sin. Right. So sin and death are linked together. That's why the Bible talks constantly about Jesus defeated sin and death. Mm-hmm. He defeats them both because they are linked together. He said, oh, death, where is your sting? Yeah, he ain't got no more sting. <laughs> and you have to know that as a believer. And again, we're out of time, but we're definitely not out of faith. So we just want to encourage you as you continue to go through this week, keep walking by faith. This broadcast has been a blessing to you. We ask that you would consider sending a love offering to Faith on Fire, P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927, which allows this broadcast to continue in your local area. Again, that's Faith on Fire, P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927. Please join us again next time on this great station for more Faith on Fire.